No. It's all good stuff. All right. Let's uh, let's bring in our guest here. Hold on a second. Uh, We got some good stuff. I hope we didn't lose her. No. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. Hey, good morning. Let's give you the introduction that you deserve. Hold on. I get you some nice music in the background here. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce our guest here from Raleigh, North Carolina, who has a website called Joyful Living with Kimberly Dixon. She is a Christian life coach, a public speaker, a professional blogger, and has a mission in life, and that is to help you find true joy. Welcome to Wake Up to the Vibe, Kimberly Dixon. How are you this morning? I am fantastic, Joe and Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited. Very excited. It is our our pleasure. Um, you know, I was uh, I always like to read up on the guests before we bring them on the air, and I was reading up on on some of uh, your methodologies and some of your thoughts and. And I have to say, I feel like I am totally in alignment with you. Me too. <laughs> awesome. Me too. Rebecca and I were texting last night. I'm like, this lady's awesome. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I texted you. Well, thanks. <laughs> I need her in my life. <laughs> we all need Kimberly in our life. <laughs> so, so Kimberly, if you don't mind, let me just start by asking you to give us just a little background of, of what brought you to this point today of being a public speaker and a life coach. Well, Joe, actually, it was my journey with chronic pain that brought me to this point. I was born so bow-legged that I couldn't learn to walk. Every time I took a step, I would fall. So I spent my early life just struggling from the very beginning. And then as a teen, after having multiple surgeries as a young child, as a teenager, I developed arthritis in both of my knees. So I spent the next 35 years in chronic pain. Oh, boy. And it was in my 30s, I felt like my, I had always had this promising life, but I saw my life evaporating in front of me. Oh, wow. And I knew that there had to be something more. And after having a, a big surgery in 2010, I really hit rock. That was my rock bottom because things got worse instead of better. And I found myself sitting on the couch one day with uh, some Dilaudid pills in my hand. And Dilaudid is a very strong painkiller. And I knew that I could take those Dilaudid and placate my feelings in the moment and go down this downward spiral or I could fight for my life. And I chose in that moment that I was going to fight. And that was the day that I chose joy. Very interesting perspective. Um, You're in a lot of pain. You know what I find to be interesting though, is that you had arthritis as a teen, like painful arthritis, right? Yes. You know, years ago, I saw a picture on uh, Instagram that showed a hypodermic needle and a chainsaw. Mm -hmm. And under the hypodermic needle, it said what people think arthritis feels like. And under the chainsaw, it said what it actually feels like. And that's absolutely true. Wow. Because my uh, joints were so misaligned and then I'd had two surgeries as a young child, the arthritis began to develop someone that would have in their 60s or 70s i started developing it as a teenager so that came with shame pain 
just saying no to life, something as simple as wanting to go to the mall with my high school friends, I didn't want them to know. So I just started building up all of this anguish on the inside of me, along with the physical pain. So it just it just put me on a downward spiral. I on the outside I looked okay, but I wasn't okay at all. Wow. Well, how how are you doing today with all of this? Can I think if I was in if you I were in front of you, I would do a jig. <laughs> do the jig. This is wake up to the vibe. Do the jig. <laughs> this is the vibe. This is the vibe. I am fantastic. I often tell people that I'm in the infancy of my life. I had my knees replaced when I was uh, five years ago, when I was 45 years old. And now I am just beginning to taste what life really is. It's been sweet for about the last decade or so because of a mental mind shift and a spiritual mind uh, shift. But now it is physically sweet. Wow. Wow. Where I'm doing the thing that God has aligned me for because all of that pain, all of that suffering, it had a purpose to it. Right. Well, isn't that the the truth, right? Sometimes we don't know why and until later on and you go, ah, right? So, so... Have you always, uh, you know, I know you, you, you title yourself as a Christian life coach, your, your belief in, in, in the Lord and in your faith that got you through all of this pain. Is that something like you discovered throughout your life or were you born and raised in a spiritual environment? I always like to know, cause sometimes people have like this aha moment, you right, know, uh-huh. And I kind of had an aha moment because I went to church as a child. Um, I was in the church, but church wasn't really in me because at that point of my life, I felt like God was punishing me. I didn't know what I had done wrong, but I would pray sometimes, God, please forgive me. I don't know what I did. And this Mm -hmm. is when I was a teenager. But um, in my 30s, I'm a dreamer. I'm one of those people. I have dreams about real life events. And my first memory is of me sitting on the couch crying because I wanted to go outside. Five years later, I found myself sitting on the couch crying because I wanted to go outside. Mm-hmm. And I was mad with God. And I yelled and screamed at him that day. I'm like, uh, you know, you told me these things. You showed me these things. So I lay, I, I literally cried myself to sleep that day. But I had a dream. And in that dream, God told me that I couldn't do what it was he needed for me to do without the pain without the suffering. So from that day on, whenever the, anything went bad, because it was years later before I finally got my knees replaced, right. I would ask God, what is it that you want me to learn from this? And how can I use it to help someone else? Wow. And that is what I've continued to do that through, through the, the years. And every time I've been able to use something from my past to help other people. Wow. Well, that's inspiring. It is inspiring. And, and uh, kudos to you for having the uh, the insight to seek counsel, right? When you, when you The way you said that is is you had this conversation with God and said, "Hey, I don't know why you're doing this to me, but come on, show me show me the reason. Anyway, give me give me the reason why, right? You're seeking His counsel on that, and and that's uh, it's very wise. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times uh, people, maybe some of our viewers, I know myself, and, and I'm sure Rebecca, you'll agree with me on this. A lot of times you find yourself down, depressed, and you don't even know why. Right. Right. And I think sometimes we have those feelings because 
so many things happen to us that we never even acknowledge. Even just those little day-to-day hurts. And when the big things happen, we try to pat ourselves on the back and push through this without ever acknowledging the grief and the pain that we're feeling emotionally and spiritually. Because once we've gone through so much in life, we start to think either God, like I thought, he hates me, he's forgotten about me, or, you know, I'm not one of his. Right. And that can make us feel lonely, hopeless, and it, it diminishes our faith. Right. Which is where the, you know, the, I mean, sometimes, uh, uh, like I said, sometimes I find myself, and I'm a pretty happy person. I'm I'm a pretty jolly guy. I don't know if you picked up on that. We haven't known you each other. Jolly. <laughs> I look jolly. Uh, but sometimes Not I... Not f- in a ho-ho-ho kind of way, but you look happy and joyful. <laughs> oh, in a ho-ho-ho kind of way, too, though. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but sometimes, you know, I think sometimes, uh, you know, you take Robin Williams, right? I'll use him as right. an example. Oh, Here's this guy that, man, you never seen him down in the dumps. You, you never, you know, he was... He was he was eccentric. He was he was a comedian, right? Right. Yeah. And and Lord only knows what he was going through when he was alone. I think that that goes for most people is that when they're alone is when they start to internalize because they don't want to show it. They leave the house. They walk out the door. Put your happy face on. Put your happy face on, right? And yeah. and uh, it's when you're alone, and when you start feeling whether it's loneliness or. Um, you know, if, if you're suffering from a drug addiction or alcohol addiction or wherever, but that's when you start to internalize and then depression sets in. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned, well, it's not funny because I know God knows that you mentioned Robin Williams. Well, Joe uh, and Rebecca, you guys don't know this, but on April the 25th, my family experienced a suicide for the first time ever. Um, my first cousin so sorry. took his own life. Uh, thank you. And we were blown away. Wow. Nobody had any idea he was saved. He was a Sunday school teacher, a happy person that told jokes. And so, but, and nobody had any idea what was going on. Yeah. But and often when I'm working with my clients, Joe, I refer to that as wearing the mask. We walk around and we wear this mask and we put this smile on our face like everything is okay and we are not okay. Because we've been taught not to talk about things that, right. you know, uh, use the expression man up or, you know, uh, superwoman. And, the, and those ide- ideologies, I am so against because all it teaches us is to bury it's what we're harbor, feeling on the inside. Feelings. Yeah. And then we get up one day and we are filled up to the gills of the things that we have been burying and we can't go on anymore. Yeah. Uh, first, I want to say, and, and I'll speak for myself and Rebecca, we're very sorry to hear about your cousin. It, very so. uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Interesting enough, I just said to Rebecca yesterday, I want to do a show and, and I want to do something on suicide prevention. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was in a band back in upstate New York and we played an event for suicide prevention. Uh, the Great. band did a benefit and it really, really touched my heart. And, and I think we all know somebody throughout our life. Uh, that has taken their own life, and and I, I think we need to do more as a society. Uh, I to- think so too. Agreed. Like we uh, have, we 
it has so much shame and guilt and stigma attached to it, not only for the person who commits suicide, but for the family afterwards. They're trying to placate this and not bring so much attention to it because of the shame. Right. But then that only continues the cycle, that cycle of silence where somebody feels I don't have any other way out. I feel hopeless. Right. Right. So with that said, that's why we have you on the show today, because I wanted, you know, Wake Up to the Vibe is uh, a show that inspires people, whether through music, through health and fitness. Uh, I wanted to bring you on board because what caught my attention, you were referred to me by a friend of mine, Jolene Weiss. I don't know if you know, yes. you know, Jolene. Okay. So mm-hmm. she, she had sent me your link and said, Hey, you need to reach out to Kimberly. Uh, she's a life coach and, and you guys are going to hit it off. I think she, she felt what, what we're feeling. Right. Here. <laughs> uh, so, so I thought this would be really cool. I was reading up on you and your, and your, your skills and, and your, and your purpose. And I thought, you know what's going to be fun? I'm going to throw some words out at you. And I, and I, and I didn't prep you for this because, no. we don't, <laughs> uh, because we don't roll that way. <laughs> so let me throw some words out uh, to you. And if you could, I want you to take that word and explain to me how it could bring pure joy into your life. You willing to play okay. this game? I am willing. <laughs> All right. I'm game. You're game. She's got got your jig on. You got your jig on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, so the first thing that comes to mind that I think that stops people from finding pure inner joy is resentment. Ooh, ooh, you hit it on there. So when we uh, (laughs) home run, when we uh, harbor (laughs) resentment, it causes bitterness to build in us. And I often tell people that when bitterness is attached to you at the root, which means it's inside of you, it's in every core of you. When we have that kind of bitterness, it bleeds on every aspect of our life. So when you have, uh, you can't have joy if you're bitter about something. The two are two, they're polar opposites. So if you want to have pure joy, you got to learn how to have some, uh, let go of the resentment and how to find forgiveness. Mm Mm-hmm. You just took the next two words. <laughs> my my next word word was bitterness, and after that, it was forgiveness. But so, but but oh here's 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 the thing. Here's what I need from you. It's easy to say. Somebody had said to me, and, and I don't know. I know who said it to me. My friend Tammy, and I'll never forget this. She said, "Joe, resentment is you drinking the poison and expecting someone else to die." Ooh, yep. That's that's exactly the yeah. truth. Right. But how does one go about letting go of resentment? How do you just walk away? Like, you know, you, it's a process. Everything in life, Joe, is a process, but we are such an instantaneous society. We want to be like, okay, it happened yesterday. I'm over it today. I'm moving on. But that's not the way life works. It's a process. And honestly, the, uh, I went with a friend of mine years ago to an AA meeting and that was where I learned how to begin the process of forgiveness. Okay. Because it, that particular night I was there, they talked about, because, you know, most people who drink or have drug problems is because they are trying to cover up some kind of feelings from the past. But 
they talked about beginning to pray for the person that hurt you. And you start out by one day just saying, gritting your teeth and saying, God, bless them. Don't ask for them to be fixed, but just like, God, bless them. <laughs> you know, you, you're in progress. You're working on it. But over time, it becomes easier. And you say, God, bless them. Until one day you can pray that prayer that says, God, bless them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. I want you to bless them exceedingly abundantly above all that they can ask. When you can say that prayer for them without gritting your teeth, without feeling that balled up knot on the inside of you, yeah. that's how you know you've let it go. I love and it. I know it works because I had to do it for myself. Yeah. I was carrying resentment towards my mother because of our ch- my childhood and some things that I thought had been unfair. And it was, I did have a rough childhood, but I also came to realize that she was carrying her own burdens and her own weight. But by saying that prayer over time, I was able to let it go. Wow. And I'm, I am now able to have a relationship with my mother. It's not perfect. It, it's never going to be perfect. Nothing in this life is. That's right. You know? But it's so far from where it used to be, and it's so much better. But it was, we, we could have never had the relationship we have today had I not started saying that prayer with my teeth gritted and my fist balled up going, God, <laughs> you know how you feel when it's just something on the inside of you and you, oh, you're yeah. trying to keep, keep you cool. Yeah, right. yeah, on the inside, you feel balled up in a knot. That's how you know you need to pray about it when you feel that knot on the yeah. inside. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's so funny that you, you talk about it. Nothing's perfect. Um, mm-hmm. A friend of mine, uh, uh, George Spencer, he was a drummer in a worship band that I used to play guitar on a worship team. And one uh-huh. day, one day I left church and, and I'll admit it. I was mad at the pastor. I, I don't even know why. I don't know sure. if it was something to do with the music. You can get mad at your pastor. We're, we're, right. just, we're all oh, human beings, know. you know, <laughs> and, and I love my pastor, you know, um, and I, and I left church and, and I was mad. And, and George looked at me and he goes, Joe, it's not about perfection, man. It's about progress. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You're looking for perfection. He's not going to say everything perfectly. Right. But as long as you're growing with him, it's all mm. good. And man, I was mad for being mad. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm mad at myself. Thanks, George. But, but you know what? I think you guys did something really important right from the beginning. You acknowledged how you really felt. Exactly. Because had you harbored that mad, it was just going to keep building. And that uh, madness or anger unchecked. It just turns into rage until one day you would have got up and just walked out. That's right. Yep. Without ever looking back. Yeah. And when we let things like that build, that's when we make mistakes. And sometimes mm-hmm. there are mistakes we can't take back. That's right. Exactly. That's right. I like this game. Okay. So resentment that we covered resentment. <laughs> we were playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the game is I'm throwing words out and that's where the conversation is going to, uh, to grow. So, all right. So the, the, uh, the next word you had already touched on it, but I want to get a, get to it at a deeper level. Forgiveness. Okay. I think many times, um, we struggle in our lives whether it's a sibling, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend, it could be a stranger who who pulled out in front of you and caused you to go off the road a little bit, whatever the case may be. I think as human beings, forgiveness is a struggle for a lot of people. It is because when the initial hurt happens, we immediately try to heal that wound. And just like our physical bodies build up scar tissue to our protect ourselves, 
we do the same thing emotionally. So now we build up scar tissue around this wound or hurt. And what initially was helping the healing process so that we could function end up hindering us because I, I relate everything back to knees because that's my, that was my journey. But if you get knee uh, scar tissue in a, uh, after you've had a knee surgery, if it's too much, it will constrict the movement and it will cause more pain in the long run. And so you've got to go through the painful process of either rehabbing that knee to break the scar tissue up. And sometimes it requires additional surgery to physically cut it out. So when we're going through things in our life and we're trying to, um, we've been hurt, we've been deeply hurt, but we immediately just try to move past it and we build up these walls to protect ourselves. Well, it ends up forming scar tissue around it. So now it's painful us to even look at it to move on in life but in order for us to move on completely we got to get rid of the scar tissue and some of us we've got scar, scar tissue around our heart where we've gone through a painful divorce a parent hurt us there was a death that we were never able to get over and that scar tissue is preventing us from ever being able to love again it's preventing us from being able to trust again so w without forgiveness we cannot have that joy in our life that we that we want, that we long for. I love, love the scar tissue analogy. Love Me too. it. I've never oh, thank had. You. I've never had anybody. You know, forgiveness is something that you know many people talk about. Oh, you need to forgive them. You need to forgive him, her, them, whatever the case may be. Right. I love the emotional scar tissue that you're building up. And if you don't break it down, it's only going to cause you more pain. Yeah. What, what about when somebody, you know, a lot of times people can't forgive themselves. Forgiveness isn't oh. just for the other person. You might have done something wrong in your life. And the only person who really knows your true feelings is you and, and, and hopefully God that you have that connection. But how do you forgive yeah. yourself? You know, so many of us, we walk around and we carry this guilt or shame about something that we did 10 or 20 years ago. But a, a great way to begin forgiving yourself is through daily affirmations. And, but the first way is to read God's word about the way that he loves you. Is that because if we can connect, gosh, if this person, uh, this God can love me this way. And then if you start building in affirmations to that, I remember a period in my life where in my bathroom around my a mirror was nothing but positive affirmations saying you're great. It was some of it was scriptures or even now to this day, Joe, on my um, computer has a post-it note that says you can do hard things. But by using affirmations, we can build up our own self-worth again, our own self-esteem and our own self efficacy where we internalize something that a parent or a teacher or something was telling us as a young child because we don't come into the world uh, feeling ashamed and guilty and you know just laying down with all of this weight that's something that happens over time you you were a teen mother and you and that was 30 years ago and you still feel the shame about that you don't want to tell your age and your child's age because then people will know Mm -hmm. But a great way to deal with that shame is to take the mask off. Because with me, uh, in my last book, I wrote uh, Can These Bones Live Again? I talked about some of the, the things that I went through as a teenager. I talked about being a bedwetter because of the stress that I was under until I was 19. But guess what? 
if I tell it, I don't have to worry about anybody else telling it. Wow. So affirmations and then take the, the mask off. Just be true and authentic. And when you start to learn how to be authentic with yourself, you won't care what anybody else says. Exactly. I thought that was just age. <laughs> no, part of it is part of it is age. I remember when I was thirty nine, I told my dad, I was like, Daddy, I just say anything to anybody and he, he was like, Well, baby, it ain't that I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. He's like, Ain't nothing wrong with you. He's like, You just don't care what anybody else think anymore. <laughs> and if I'm doing that now, I don't know what I'm gonna act like when I'm eighty. Y'all better watch out. <laughs> I think that's what happens when you become 80 years old, too. You know, like the, the I'm doing it in a nice way, though. I'm, yeah. I'm sweet. <laughs> yeah, you are sweet. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, man, you, you, have, um, you have a great way of explaining things. So what do you, you, when you go out and you do your public speaking, is it, is it for women only, or do you go out to uh, large groups of, of a mix of people? It's, it's not just for women only. It's uh, I've done uh, events with kids. I've done events with women. I've done coaching with men. I've done uh, I've spoken to groups that had men in the crowd. I haven't done a men, men exclusively, but I love working with men, though, because they have uh, been taught this whole thing about masculinity. OK. And not feeling your emotions. And that's the way we end up with generation after generation, decade after decade of scarred and broken men. Yeah. And it's like until we start telling the truth about how we really feel, it just feelings don't just go away. And God gave them to us for a reason. It allows us to be sympathetic and to empathize and to have compassion and love for each other. But if you don't ever acknowledge that you ever felt anything. Yeah. When you get older, it causes a problem. But I speak to all different groups and with all different kinds of messages depends on what the program is. But because I don't care what you're doing, joy can be a part of it. Absolutely. Is this available online or how do you? It is not. I I like doing live events. So, Rebecca, the truth is I'm an introvert, Uh but I have uh, extrovert tendencies. That's what I like to call it. And I feel that by meeting people out at workshops, speaking at events, having like that, having coffee with friends. Yes. So this mm-hmm. this quarantine has been hard. Yeah. It sure has. It sure has. You know, you so many things uh, and and this was happens when you're when you're in, in an interview such as this, we we call it coffee at the table, right? We're we're just mm-hmm. sitting down having coffee. Uh, an hour is never enough. Because we yeah, can go, I tell people, oh, you'll be on for 20 minutes. And then I look and it's like 50 minutes <laughs> later, right? Uh, but it's funny because you sent me the link saying that it was going to be 20, 18 to 20 minutes long. And But all the interviews I watched on the page, I was like, well, that was much longer. But <laughs> I tell my podcast that. tends to go the same way. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours. This is good. Don't tell me more. <laughs> oh no, it, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. You know, I was telling you uh, before we went live. Uh, I read this book. It's a scripture book every morning, and it's just a one pager, and it's dated today. What are we reading today, right? Mm-hmm. And it, just a coincidence of having you on the show today. Today's uh, scripture was about mercy. 
and and you know we're we're here talking about how to find pure joy and it went on to say that it's a natural reaction to fight evil with evil right somebody does you wrong you you're ready to go how do we how do we fight back versus right. stepping back and having mercy for that person and trying like you just said about your mom you realize she had her own cross the beer she she had her own weight to carry yeah why does it take well, so long to get to that point why can't that be like an immediate reaction well because we're human <laughs> and when we are hurting it, it's our natural defense to protect ourselves right so it's hard to extend mercy and grace to someone else when you're angry so a lot of times even now because although i'm full of joy people do things that tick me off but what I have learned, because I'm going to be honest with y'all, I used to be mean. When I was in my, in my 20s, I was so mean. I, I was sarcastic, sarcastic, and I would cut you to the bone with words. I believe you and for I'm some reason. Like, no, don't make me move my neck. I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to do anything, but you're going to feel my sting. But what changed me was a cousin that i loved dearly told me one day she's like kim i love you but you hurt my feelings so bad sometimes and you don't even mean to so but the way i was able to really start showing some mercy and some grace to other people was to ask myself uh really put myself in their shoes like how would i feel if someone said this to me or right. and and the way that i keep that in check now because i'm still i'm I'm a naturally kind of funny, sarcastic person, but I know sometimes in my being funny that that can be hurtful to other people. So before I open my mouth, I take a breath. It's a wise. Before I start talking, I take a breath because like the last thing I want to do is leave a trail of scarred and broken people behind me just in my casual conversation that meant nothing to me. Right. Right. But in extending uh, grace and mercy, I know that when people, even when they being rude in stores or they're being rude on the highway or they, you know, that mean person in your office, I befriend men, mean people. I like them because I know I used to be one of them. Right. But <laughs> you could relate. <laughs> I, I can relate. I was like, and I know that my sarcasm and my meanness was coming from a place of pain. Right. right. So whenever somebody says something mean or they do something, my first thought is. I know that they're coming from a place of a, a place of pain. I, I'm excited. I can't talk no more. They're coming from a <laughs> you're doing place, good <laughs> a place of pain, and I'm like, okay, this is your opportunity to extend some grace to them. Yeah. This is your opportunity to extend some mercy to them. Have when mercy, I can yeah. just I can just come back at you, and I don't curse. I've never been a curser, but I can come back at you and cut you even deeper than you're already wounded. Right. 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 Which does so, nobody any good. Nobody right. any good. It was like, because right. now you just got two wounded, angry people. And guess what? That's going to follow you through. If me and you pass each other in a coffee shop before COVID, because we ain't in coffee shops right now, in a <laughs> coffee shop, and we bumped elbows, and that made both of us mad. Well, guess what? We're going to get on the, in our cars, and we're going to drive angrily. Right. We're going to get to our office, and we're going to uh, be angry with people there because of that single encounter that you and I had in the coffee shop. Right. And now we're taking out that moment of aggression on everybody that comes into our path throughout that day. But if we take a moment to extend some grace and some mercy to people, 
then guess what? That follows you too. You know, Psalms 23 tells you goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Right. That's true. But when, when we uh, have some grace and some mercy, goodness is grace. When we follow, when we, when we use that towards each other, that follows you. And when uh, people will meet you and be like, gosh, I like this person. Mm-hmm. That's the grace and the mercy that they see. It's not you. That's right. That's right. They see the goodness of God in you. Well, and with that mercy, when 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 you lack being merciful, I don't know if that's the proper way to phrase that, but when you lack being merciful, that's where the bitterness comes in too. Bitterness, bitterness is one of those things that like just creeps into your life, and you don't even know it's it's eating at you. It erodes your sense of peace. Right? You're you're a peaceful person until you let bitterness in the door. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a hamster wheel. It's like once you get on it, you can't get off. Nope. Right. And it's just the same thing over and over again until one day you just wake up and you're tired and you're disgusted with everybody. All of these people in your house and everybody on your job, you hate them all. <laughs> Why you got to be so bitter? Now, don't talk to me. Why you got to be so bitter? <laughs> you've been on this hamster wheel and now we don't know how to get off. Yeah, that's so true. It's the truth. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned uh, when I asked you about the audience that you cater to and 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 I I can only uh, imagine I and we're both in Raleigh. So I hope I get the opportunity to be at one of your public events when public events are. Uh, I hope so, too. Yeah. Yeah. It would it'd be a lot of fun. I can tell you, you'd be a lot of fun to sit and watch and listen to. But you yeah. mentioned teens. Okay, and this is an area where a lot of us, a lot of our viewers were, you know, uh, you know, Rebecca's son just graduated college. My son just graduated college. Now they're beyond their teen years. But I think when you're under the age of 26, you're you're in that, you know, from from 17 to to 26 is that pocket where I'm look, I'm trying to find a politically correct way of saying this without saying you think you got it all figured out, but you really don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't even right. know who you are at that age. Right. So how do you sit and talk to a 20-year-old about forgiveness and teaching them how to forgive, to let go of bitterness and to have mercy, right? These are the things that steal you from your joy. Right. Well, actually, it's like it's funny because I have a set of 20-year-old twin nephews and we have open and candid conversations, but that's the key is to have open and candid conversations with him because one of them was having a fight with his dad and um, he had actually went with me to an award show that night. So when we went to eat that, uh, that night, I talked about him and it's like, you know, the relationship between uh, fathers and sons can be contentious sometimes, but I also talked to him about um, never stopping talking to your parents or your family members because you're angry because a month will turn into a year easily. But I said that to say you do that through open conversation with them and you tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. You don't tell them that, you know, all the everything's supposed to be sweet and good. And I know you're going to do everything your dad tells you to do. No, I, I told him about some of the things that I did as a teenager. I'm like, don't do like, don't be like your aunt Kim. But because of that, Joe, and because we, my sister and I both, we've been doing this since they were kids. They'll come to us and talk to us about anything. Yeah, that's great. But it was it it, it was through uh, building a relationship of trust right. with them that they know. And some of the stuff they normally tell their dad, 
because if it's something that's going to put you in danger or something that, you know, I know that it's going to hurt you, I'm going to tell. But if other things, if, you know, me and you, you want to have a secret with your aunt Kim, we got a secret now. Trust. Yeah. But in addition to that, I try to do fun things with them. I do, you know, go camping with them. But it's about building that relationship. You can't wait till they're 20 or 21 and start telling them, you know, about life. That's got to start from the beginning so that they have this level of trust and respect. Right. Yep. Because the other thing is I demand respect from them. That's right. Uh, we were having a discussion once with their dad and them. And one of them said something, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say sideways. And I was like, wait, let's stop right there. First of all, you don't talk to your dad that way. And you don't talk to me that way. Like, I'm going to respect you, but I demand respect back. Yeah. Yeah. I think. So, uh, but it just comes from the beginning. you got to have that opening uh, candid, those painful conversations throughout their life. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. So, so let me recap this uh 30 minute conversation was 40 to be exact <laughs> i know i i know i told you 18. <laughs> oh this is so much fun though <laughs> you know we could go on forever so so listen we're talking today and for those of you who just joined uh we're talking with kimberly dixon who is a uh, life coach public speaker professional blogger author uh, is doing some wonderful things in the world of helping people find their pure joy. And now to recap this conversation, if I had to summarize this, okay, tell me how I'm doing. You have to be open and truthful. You have to let go of resentment. You have to stop harboring the bitterness and the anger. Mm -hmm. You have to be forgiving I think that's the biggest one in in, mm-hmm. in life. I just think forgiveness, man, if you truly can forgive people and forgive yourself, yeah. I think you're you've already taken back like like all that stuff holds joy hostage. You know what I mean? It does. And if you harbor unforgiveness like that, it'll stunt your growth so bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we think maturity comes with age, but it doesn't. Mm-mm. Yeah. For lack of a better word, you can be old fool. <laughs> you can be, you, <laughs> you be an old Who wants to be an old fool? Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to be an old fool. <laughs> no. no <laughs> let not. it go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is awesome. So so if somebody uh do you coach people uh, out of the uh, Raleigh area do you work with people on the phone and through Skype and uh if somebody wanted to to talk to you on a regular basis Joe I do my coaching all of my coaching is on the phone because I am I can hear things in people's voice where I know that if you can see me and I can see you sometimes um you will filter things right because you know I can see you but if I'm just talking to you, I can hear things in your voice that you didn't say. The pause, the hesitation of searching for words. And then I can say, OK, let's pause right here. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I do my coaching uh, on the phone and it can be with anybody anywhere. Awesome. That's great. How does one get a hold of you? You can uh, email me at. I have to remember this because my, my email on my website is not working right. So I set up a temporary one. Sure. It's joyful living with KD at gmail.com. Joyful living with K joyful living with two L's with KD at gmail.com. 
Awesome. I'm actually working you can on reach the- me on any of the social media platforms. I'm on all of them. Yes, you are. What your YouTube account is Joyful Living. Kimberly did everything's joyful living. Okay. Joyful Living. Awesome. I hey, know I watch the I'm joyful living. <laughs> you and you are you're you're joyful to talk to. I think we, we need oh to have gosh. you on on a regular basis. I agree. I would love to join you guys. Just let me know. I'll come back anytime. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Joe, you know I had to get up early this morning so I could sound right and look right, but um, I would love to come back and be Did you guys notice that I'm drinking water and coffee? I did. I did. I'm the same way. <laughs> me too. But yes, I would love to come back because I know it's part of my God-given purpose to help people find their joy. Yeah. You're an inspiration. that simple. Yeah. Complete inspiration. And it's impact. It's if you can reach that one person that felt hopeless or just too tired to carry on, then I've done what I was supposed to do today. Well, you got me. And you got me. <laughs> you listen. <laughs> you, you know, the other, Beck, Beck, how about this? So two days ago, we had a, uh, a fitness uh, a strength trainer and a nutritionist. <laughs> All right. Today we have you on the show. Tomorrow we've got music. I'm going to go into this weekend like, get out of my way. I've got this life. Oh, you're going to be on fire. <laughs> well, you're with us, babe. Well, so I want I want to close with this, okay? Because this is something that my dad said to me a long time ago. And I think if more people could practice this, uh, it would be easier to to be happy. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Yes. Right? So when somebody steals your joy, they might not have done it intentionally, but I think it's a key thing to try. Just stop. Like you said it earlier, pause. Don't be yeah. so reactionary. Right. And think about, try to understand their position, their life, their origin, why they are the way they are. And yeah. then maybe talk to them about how you feel. But rather than trying to get people to understand your feelings, try to understand theirs first. Absolutely. Yep. Hey, this was fun. I know. This is a was. good. This is a good time. I'm going to uh, uh, say goodbye. Rebecca and I are going to stay and close the show and, and wrap up a couple things. But Kim, we're going to have you back. Uh, you're you're a delight and and you're a pure joy. You're God's gift. So thank you so yes. much for blessing us today uh, by being thank on the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You have yourself a great day. Thank, thank you. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye, Rebecca. See you soon. All right. Awesome. 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 It, it, I can't even tell you how much she inspired me. You know, everything that has happened. Yeah. And, I mean, I had tears and it, I can't wait to connect with her. Well, so here's the thing Beck. Let me switch our views here. Here's the thing on situations like this, right? A lot of times it just takes somebody that you don't know mm -hmm. to put it out there, put it on the table and and take it and walk away and go spend some alone time with god and 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 go embrace nature and and think it through but i think yeah. at the end of the day it it takes uh the people you surround yourself with like can mm -hmm. you imagine hanging out with with kimberly every day i would love it <laughs> Are you kidding me it's mm -hmm. definitely good stuff so uh you're gonna say